welcome to Bench Boost Boys Game Week 22 forecast with uh, me, Gav, and first-time host of the show, uh, long-time friend and fan of the show, Nick. How's it going, Nick? Hey, Gav. Thanks for having me on the show. No worries, mate. Obviously, it's, uh, well, first, it's been a strange game week, but it's been a strange time all in all. First, we had uh, Scott go off into exile before Christmas after the heinous things he said about Mohamed Salah, and then I think Salah put some kind of curse on him because... Uh, Scott got himself stranded in Melbourne uh, and then he got himself the coronavirus. So uh, get well soon, mate. Um, so it, Scott hasn't done the podcast in what feels like forever. I think uh, the show we did the other week uh, was with uh, my brother, was. Uh, and that was that was a cracker. We we previewed about three game weeks because we were coming up into the the final run of games during the crazy Christmas New Year period. Um but today we will be talking about the upcoming game week 22, a uh, game week with 14 fixtures. Uh, and before that, we'll we'll start as we always do with a bit of admin, then uh, a brief rundown on how you and I got on in game week 21. Then we'll take a look at our watch lists or, you know, just generally players that we've kind of got our eyes on, particularly with a view to bringing them in maybe this week. Uh, then we'll go through the 14 fixtures for game week 22, uh, talk about player availability. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some tricky conversations around captain's picks as uh, Lord Salah himself has gone away to play football in far-fetched lands. Uh, and then we'll talk in a bit more detail about what we reckon you and I are going to do for Game Week 22. And as ever, we'll finish with a bit of mailbag action. We've got four questions this week, which is awesome. If you'd like to send us a question for the mailbag you can do so via twitter at bench boost boys is us on twitter uh, benchboostboys.club is the website um quick look at the bench boost boys private league there's a load of teams in there now all season long dave paxton's vestal virgils have been at the top the only difference now is neil thomas's wrexham have cut the lead to just four points so it might not be uh Dave Paxton at the top for much longer after all. If you're not already in our mini league, you can join with the code Q8ZM2S um, or just jump on our Twitter, Bench Boost Boys, uh, and it's in the, in our bio there. Um, so let's crack on. We'll take a real brief uh, break and we'll get into how we got on in Game Week 21. Bench boss boys. So, uh, as we said at the top, it was a strange old game week. It felt like we did all the games, and then there was a big old gap, and they just came back and strapped another three at the end. It was actually, I guess, meant to be more, but the postponements are becoming thick and fast. Um, but I'll go first. So... Um, I did make a couple of transfers before the game week started with a view to trying to maximise on the double games. Uh, in particular, I went for Damari Gray of Everton, um, I brought him in and I brought Antonio in, both players who had double games, uh, and I replaced Bernardo and Watkins. You know, in hindsight, Bernardo actually did have a pretty good uh, game for City. Um, wasn't too concerned about Watkins. The more annoying thing is the fact that Everton only ended up having one game after all because their second one got postponed. Um, that game, they lost at home 3 2 to Brighton, and Gray only got two points. Um, Antonio, on the other hand, uh, in, in his first game against Crystal Palace, he got a goal and a bonus point. Uh, he blanked in the second, but I ended up getting nine points overall for him. So that wasn't too bad. I was slightly let down by um, 
Cancelo and Mount, I'd say, as two big players. They both blanked. Uh, Alexander-Arnold got an assist in that game against uh, Chelsea. Uh, another guy I did have on a double game week was Johnson of West Ham. He is my budget defender, so it's not like I was necessarily relying on him too much, but I got the sum of zero points for him. He didn't play in the second game, and in the first one, he played about 19 minutes, got a yellow card. Actually, I think it was 45 minutes. But players who actually did do all right for me, Salah got a goal his last contribution before disappearing for AFCON. So got seven points for that. Um, Son, talking of last uh, contributions for a while, got an assist in a midfielder's clean sheet against Watford for six. Um, as we'll talk about later, I think he's now out for a bit. Um, already talked about Antonio. I had Dennis up front for Watford. They lost 1-0 to Tottenham, so I only got a point for him. But the big story, and probably the game week saviour, not just for me, but for a bunch of people, uh, Bowen of West Ham. I actually put the armband on him. First game against Crystal Palace, he got an assist, so I turned five into ten. But it was all about the more most recent game. West Ham beat Norwich two 0 Norwich were awful, um, but more importantly for me, uh, two goals for Bowen. Midfielders clean sheet and three bonus points, turning sixteen into thirty two. So for the game week. I got 42 points from Bowen. Uh, I did have Connor Cody on the bench, uh, who, who got six points. So obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing. But all in all. I got 77 points for this game week and the game week average was 46. So as much as it was strange and it was heavily propped up by my decision to put the armband on Bowen, um, can't complain at all. Weird game week. Glad it's out of the way. Gray was a waste of time in hindsight. Cancelo and Mount underperformed, but 77 points. That was good. Obviously, I had a minus four for doing the two transfers as I had nothing to roll. So my, I netted out at 73 points. My game week ranks 654,000th. I've gone up to 7th in the Bench Boost Boys League, which I'm happy about. Overall rank now, 138,000th, which is fantastic. I don't think I've ever been that high. Uh, my overall points, 1303. So I'm pretty pleased, but uh, I have a sneaking suspicion you might have done slightly better, Nick. Yes, I did do slightly better than you, Gab, but only marginally. Uh, I totaled this week on 78 points. Nice. Um, so only slightly better than yourself. Um, but again, it was a funny game week. Uh, similar to yourself, uh, I did two transfers this week. Uh, I rolled over a transfer from the previous week, uh, and I ended up bringing in Calvert-Lewin and Bowen. Now, still heading to the spectrum with those two. As we said, Bowen had a cracking few games. Uh, did this, two goals, clean three, and the three bonus points, scoring a total of 43 points. Uh, so well played to anyone who captured him this week. That's a really great score, and I'm pretty sure he got a king of the week gap. Is that right? Yeah, he did. King of the week. Um, did you have the armband on him? I had the armband on him, so total of 42 points. I can't complain about that. It's a great score. Uh, really what I needed to push my score up in, in this mini league. Uh, looking at Calvert-Lewin, on the other hand, he was flop of the week in comparison with a dismal zero point. Obviously, the Leicester game being postponed, we can't help that. And that is a problem this year. We are seeing more and more postponements due to injuries, uh, obviously international break and COVID. Uh, and that's really becoming a farce of this season, really. I think we're all having that, that, that problem. You know, it's a real difficulty when trying to make that selection. Um, Calvert, Calvert, still, Calvert-Lewin missed a penalty, didn't he? Missed a penalty, yeah. I mean, he should have scored that back from injury. Uh, you, you know, expect someone of his quality to be banging that in. Uh, but no, not to be yet. And usually when Calvert-Lewin misses, he goes on to then have a, 
a great week, uh, but with the postponement, <laughs> was unable to do it this week. So fortunately, I didn't captain him, uh, so I didn't miss out there. But looking at the rest of the team, again, very similar to yourself, uh, Alexander-Arnold, um, four points, Salah seven with a goal, to the assist against uh, Chelsea, Son, six points, uh, Smith, Smith Rowe, unfortunately, at one point. And again, King, only two points. It looked like he might have scored against Tottenham. Uh, it was a close game. Again, they're only 1-0. But total was still eight points in the end. I did leave uh, Broca on the bench for eight points there. That would have been a nice add to my tally uh, over Cavett-Lewin. But again, this is, this is FPL for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you, can't, you just can't see what's going to happen. And so that seems to be the problem this year. Uh, you can't make these predictions. It's just there's too much uh, uncertainty at the minute, Gav. There's a, a lot of moving parts. And that put your yeah. game week rank at just inside the top 600,000, which is awesome. Uh, you're 30th in that bench boost, boys, uh, mini league, but you're moving up. You're moving in the right direction. Yeah. I had a, it was a funny one. I had a good start and then I went downhill and I seem to be going back up again. So really focusing now on the rest of the season. Still with all my tips to play through. So see what I'm going to do there moving forward yeah that's awesome so your overall rank at the moment is 1.4 I think last season you finished just inside the top mill but yeah the way the momentum you've got going at the moment mate uh, I think you're going to keep pushing there so um, onwards and upwards as they say that's, that's it I think yeah all right well we'll take a really quick break now and then when we come back we'll have a little look at our watch lists Bench boss boys. Okay, so uh, watch list update. I don't mind kicking off. So uh, players I added this week, uh, Kufal of West Ham, just in really great form. Um, I know Creswell's back now from injury for West Ham, but uh, yep. Kufal's doing pretty well. So I'm happy to just sort of keep an eye on him. Uh, a good oh, shout- get to score a goal for West Ham though. Oh, Kufal. Yeah, yeah, but I think he's uh, potentially moving in the right direction. So I'm just, I'm just keeping an eye. It's the same I did with Bowen, you know, about a month or so ago. I was like, oh, this yeah, Bowen's doing pretty well, and I just kept my eye on him. And then when the time was right, I brought him in and haven't looked back so far. Uh, a good budget pick uh, for an informed player at the moment is Gordon of Everton. I think he's only about sort of four point four mil. Uh, War Prowse of Southampton. Obviously, no secret that he's the he's a set piece guy there. But he's obviously a top class player um, in a pretty average team and then the other one I've added is Edward of Crystal Palace he's sort of been hot and cold all season but uh, goals in back-to-back games so he just by by default kind of forces him his way onto the watch list as for players that I've removed um, I've removed Bowen from my watch list because he's in my team uh, Rudiger's come out because he's gone off the boil uh, Mane's obviously at AFCON McGinn of Villa gone off the boil a bit and Vardy uh, has taken a form dip but also he's now out injured until March um, regards players who've remained on the watch list uh, Saka of Arsenal Jota Liverpool Reguillon of Tottenham Ronaldo of Man United don't know how much longer he'll be on there because Man United looking shaky as hell uh, Sath the goalkeeper at Wolves Martinelli of, of Arsenal and Madison of Leicester who's still in fine, fine form. Are there any particular players that you're keeping an eye on at the moment? Yeah, so for myself, um, I've really been looking at uh, Sice for, um, 
for Wolves. Uh, he's been looking really strong lately. Uh, he's been on the direct free kicks as well. Uh, he's a huge aerial threat and he's obviously solid at the back. Uh, Wolves have had quite a few clean shoots lately. Uh, obviously, he's at AFCON at the minute, uh, so he's not. I'm not going to keep it in just yet. Uh, but he's really someone I'm going to perhaps consider bringing in later on in my team, uh, especially when I'm perhaps playing a wild card as well. Uh, also, Lookman. Oh, Lester, yeah. good shout. He's been looking, obviously, with the omission of Vardy at the minute. Uh, he's been playing a more forward role uh, with Madison. Really looking strong. Uh, he's been performing well lately. It's just, is he going to get the minutes? Um, and obviously, Leicester are a bit fake with their postponements. But again, someone Lookman is looking really strong uh, in, in, with his form at the minute. Yeah, and, and we'll touch on this in yeah. the next section about the fixtures. Um you make a good point. I mean, Leicester are on a double game week for game week 22, but who knows what games might might end up being postponed. So we'll just kind of approach it all with the kind of attitude that all the games are going ahead and uh, people will just have to react quickly and uh, logically if things change. Um, all right. Well, that's our, our brief look at the, at the watch list. So we'll uh, waste no time in having a quick break and then talking about the, uh, the, whopping great big game week 22 bench boss boys alright so game week 22 uh, it kicks off with Brighton at home to Crystal Palace um, as far as players not being available from an FPL perspective the only one that I've really got to mention at the moment is Basuma um, he's on international duty at AFCON so not back till 12th of Feb um, not a lot of people own him at the moment but Wilfred Zaha uh, is also uh, away at the moment so he's obviously a big deal for Crystal Palace uh, Gallagher has been in the past but uh, I feel a little like they've been off form and Brighton they can sort of slowly go about their business so wouldn't be too surprised to see uh, Brighton win here we've actually got a question coming up in the mailbag later which actually talks a little bit about what double game week players particularly kind of maybe non-obvious players are worth looking at and we won't go into detail now but we will later and maybe there could be a couple of players from Brighton that we might touch on there um, you, have you got anything add about this particular game Nick? Yeah so I mean we're going to it further but obviously the form of uh, Mappay at the minute he's been looking solid for Brighton uh, they're doing really well this year um, and I think Again, Palace at home, I think that's a really good fit for them to uh, get themselves up the table. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next game's a pretty big deal. Manchester City at home to Chelsea. There are some people who are potentially a little unavailable at the moment. Um, Foden's down as lack of match fitness, 75% chance of playing. Um, I mean, it's pet roulette on top of that. So who knows if yeah. Foden will feature. Mendy's away at AFCON. So no Mendy for Chelsea, and luckily for them, they've got a pretty decent backup keeper who cost a pretty penny. Um, And then Rhys James is down as 25% chance of playing due to a hamstring injury, which is uh, pretty unfortunate, to be honest. Uh, He's a player who's currently in my team. Um, Any particular players that you'd be looking at in this game to really make a difference from your perspective? I mean, I think a big one for City is obviously Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. Uh, Mares is out at AFCON, um, so I expect him to feature in this game. Uh, but again, against Chelsea, it's going to be a tough fixture. So I don't know whether he will get any big points from that game or not. Chelsea obviously have been looking a bit shaky in their defence, and obviously without James as well and without Chilwell, uh, they're not as strong at the back. I did hear that Chelsea are getting back Kennedy, 
Uh, okay. Recording him back alone from Flamenco. Uh, so that could be interesting. Uh, he's always looked, I, I remember when he played Prince a few years back, he, I thought he was great on the left wing. So I, but I don't know if he'd be back for that game. Right, Gav, right. So, but he would be someone that I'd be considering, especially. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. It's, it's funny you mentioned De Bruyne as well because there'll be a fair amount of people. I know a bunch of people got rid of him weeks, a couple of weeks ago, but obviously Salah is an expensive asset and I wonder how many people might be thinking of taking a, a shot at De Bruyne. And then obviously the other kind of elephant in the room is captain's picks. The only strange thing is the typical alternatives that you might look at ordinarily and maybe somewhat cancelled out because the fixtures aren't that nice. Like, you know, you could captain De Bruyne or you could captain, you know, a Chelsea player in this game, but it's always a bit tricky when it's two huge teams coming up against each other. Um, so, yes, proceed with caution. The next game is Burnley at home or Leicester. Not really got anything great to say about Burnley, to be honest, and it sounds like uh, they're about to lose Chris Wood to Newcastle So and Maxwell Cornet is away on international duty. So... Um, Outside of maybe a couple of defensive assets, if you're if you're feeling confident that a Vardy-less Leicester won't be able to score goals, um, could be a little bit of a stalemate. That said, uh, we've talked about how Madison is in good form, so I, I would hope that he would be able to do something against Burnley. Um, as far as FPL picks not being available, we've mentioned Vardy. He's not back till early March. Um, Daniel Amati is actually quite a popular FPL pick. Must be more of a budget one, and he's, he's at AFCON, so um, no use there. Um, have, have you got have you got any Leicester or Burnley players at the moment? For myself, uh, I've got Madison in my team for uh, that fixture. Uh, so he'll be one I'll be keeping my eye on that game for sure. Uh, another person in the Leicester midfield who's looking strong in a minute is obviously Yuri Commons. Yeah. He's been performing well. Um, obviously, they don't have Ian Axo away at AFCON. And obviously, as mentioned earlier, Lookman. So if Lookman does well, uh, I think he will go up on my watch list. Um, there seems to be so many options now up front, uh, but with um, with Lookman, he's a midfielder who will be getting those points from playing up front. He loves a so shot. That's probably why. Yeah, so he's one of those players who's playing that, that forward position, and they're great for obviously scoring your points and obviously getting that that clean sheet as well as possible, which I think was possible against this Burnley team. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll see how that pans out. Then um, Newcastle, free spending Newcastle, uh, are at home to Watford. Um, Mankilo suspended till 22nd of Jan. Dennis for Watford is on a knock, 75% chance of playing, as Scott and I often discuss. 75% chance of playing knock in FPL terms, nine times out of 10 means they'll play. And I'm hoping Dennis will, because uh, they're on a double game. We can easy in my team. Um, Foster, who's pretty much everybody's favourite backup key He's um, he should be back soon. He's down as fifty percent groin injury, so um, that's some light at the end of the tunnel there for you, Foster fans. Um, yeah. Now Newcastle, I don't know. I think Kieran Trippier will be available. I'm not sure if he'll play and how much difference that will make, but we'll be interested to see um, how things line up for this renewed Newcastle. I know they're without Callum Wilson, which is unfortunate for them, um, but. You know, they're giving it a go under yeah. anyhow. But um, for me, I know you've got King in your team, don't you? I've got King in my team. 
So all eyes will be on King for that match. Uh, I think he's due a go. And obviously, Dennis, not too really too sure what's going on with him there. Obviously, like you said, 75% chance of him playing with the knock. He wasn't obviously selected for the AFCON team. We don't really know why. Uh, but it will be interesting to see if he does play that game. Yeah, because there was also a suggestion that when he was pulled out of AFCON, that then the next game he played, he didn't seem that confident. And I, I th- it sounds like it's all been quite awkward. I think Watford really pressured to keep him yeah. and they got their way. And I think it's left Dennis feeling a bit awkward potentially, but uh, that could also just be me reading yeah. too much into it. But you know, Watford, looking, they've been looking strong under Ranieri lately. Uh, he seems to have turned that team around a bit more than when he first took over. Yeah. And up against this Newcastle side, as we know, have been poor form this season. Uh, obviously, with the appointment of Eddie Howe, hopefully things will change. Uh, but, I mean, if you look at them earlier on the week against Cambridge, that was a 1-0 loss. McKeon and Trippier are in that team as well. Uh, so things obviously seem to be a bit shaky there mm. at the minute. I think I think the pair of us are looking forward to some uh, potential goals from strikers then from Watford. Um, the For next sure. the next game is Norwich against Everton. Obviously Norwich were absolutely awful in that last game of the game week there. Um, yeah, and they're not looking good. No, and they are rock bottom. They just don't look like a Premier League side. They're coming up against Everton. No new injury worries. Um, you know, just as a general, as an FPL manager and also a football fan, I'd like to see DCL start to hit a bit of momentum oh. now. He had a great season last year and obviously it's been pretty hampered by injury. Like he was out for ages uh, to come back and then miss a penalty is pretty unfortunate. Um but anyone who does own DCO, I mean, I guess you've still got him. You would surely be hoping that he might grab a goal against Norwich. I mean, so, I, mean I was obviously, I brought him in first, first game back for last week and I was hoping he would obviously score some points, especially in the whole game week. He was unlucky not to kill a penalty and then it was also unfortunate with postponement. But I'm confident against that Norwich team, he should be able to at least get a goal. Um, so I've no doubt about him being in my team moving forward. Yeah, nice. Um, and obviously, I think Richarlison's back as well. Yeah, game. Richarlison's um, ownership's pretty low, but I think that's probably largely t- to do with the fact that um, his form is just patchy as. I mean, Everton are having a weird season. Obviously, Luca Digne is trying to find his way out and move to Villa. Um, so I'm not sure yeah. what's going uh, going on there um, under Rafa. But uh, time will tell as always. Uh, next game is Wolves at home to Southampton. Uh, Broya is down as head injury, 75% chance of playing, which is unfortunate. Uh, uh, Liveramento, who's probably been one of the best Southampton players this season, is down as 50% chance of playing due to a knee injury. So those are probably two injuries that Southampton could absolutely do without. Uh, no fresh worries for Wolves. Um, no. You've got Broha. Have you got any, other, got any other assets? Um, no other um, assets within those teams apart from Broha, um, who I think he was taken off the other day as a precaution. Obviously, he got the goal. Uh, he's looking, he's in great form. Um, so he is in my team for next week. But whether they will play him for that game, just as a precaution, they might bench him. I'm not too sure, but he will be the one I'm looking at next week for that game. Yeah, well, I've got Connor Cody, so uh, I wouldn't be too upset there with a clean sheet. No, and he's, as we ever said, Wolves have been having really well on defence. They've had lots of clean sheets. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I expect, it, it, you know, that will be a tight one. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I reckon you're right there. Uh, next yeah. game is Aston Villa at home to Manchester United. Um, Ronaldo, 75% chance playing hip injury. Um, blokes and machines, he'll probably play. Uh, Luke Shaw suspended until the 19th of Jan, so he won't be around this week. Uh, Maguire, rib injury, 75%. Uh, Pogba, still out with an unknown return date on a thigh injury. Um, now, we've kind of brushed on this already, that Man United... <laughs> any other season you'd look at this and think they're on a double game week they're playing Aston Villa and Brentford you'd be all over those Man United assets but outside of a 75% chance of playing Ronaldo and laying out a hell of a lot of money to stick him in who else would you would you even go for at the moment from Man United or would you even bother? I mean looking at the form they're in why would you why would you I mean they've not really been scoring the goals I mean, they haven't really been conceding many, but they're not looking strong up front. And there's no certainty with, with Ronaldo being there. I actually heard a rumour that he's not even in England at the minute. Oh, wow. So, we, I don't I, I don't think he will be playing both games. Uh, he might be playing one, but I, I can't see him featuring both games. But, we will, you know, it's, we will see. And also with this Villa team, they're looking, they're looking strong under Steve G. They've had no. a good start, haven't they? He seems to, I mean, he's a passionate guy and it seems to have been working a bit. Uh, I don't know if that, I mean, it probably won't be ready for this week anyway, but I'm not sure if the whole Coutinho thing has been done, if it's a done deal yet. It's official. Uh, he's there. He's, I believe he's even training. Okay. Uh, I don't know if he will feature this weekend, uh, but I'd love to see him play. And obviously I'd love to see him play like he did against uh, for Liverpool. Yeah. Be, it be a welcome return to the Premier League if he, he can reach that form yeah. again. Um, I wonder if he will be ready. And also, I think that um, I think McGinn is out as well. So it's probably a, a slot there for him. McGinn's out. So there's a slot for him. And I think he's he's seven mil in the FPL. Nice. So, That's not bad, you know. It's a, it's a sort of wait and see, but... That's not a bad price point. Yeah, so, I mean, if you've got... If you want to bring him in early, then, you know, it's, you're going to be a bit audacious there. Uh, but I think he, he'll be a hit miss to begin with. Yeah, one definitely to keep an eye on. Um, the next game, Liverpool at home to Brentford. Um, obviously, uh, no Mohamed Salah. Alexander-Arnold is noted down as illness, 75% chance of playing. Um, <laughs> it's hard not to look at illness on that and just assume it's COVID, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> Alisson, the same, 75% chance of playing illness. Obviously, Salah is at um, AFCON, as is uh, obviously Mane, although he's not really selected by many people. Um I think, you know, Brentford aren't having a great time, are they? Um, I'm wondering, even without those players, I'm, I'm thinking, and I think you've got him, right, Jota? Yeah, I've got Diego Jota, uh, and I expect he will feature uh, up front for Liverpool against Brentford, uh, depending on how Klopp wants to play this weekend. I, I expect he will play up top, and his, his goal expectancy is, is pretty high, you know, I think it's about goal at the minute in goal involvement. So I expect him to have some input to that match uh, for sure, especially without uh, Salah and obviously Mane featuring on that team. I expect he will be the main man up front. I would say. So that's feature. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, West Ham against Leeds. That should be a good game. Uh, Leeds getting a, a long overdue win against Burnley the other week. Uh, West Ham flying high, though. Obviously, they brushed aside Norwich and pushed Arsenal out the way to get back into the Champions League spots. West Ham having a fantastic season. I actually saw a really funny quote last week uh, from 
from West Ham manager uh, saying um, it's only you lot, meaning the press, that are talking about the Champions League. We're not talking about it. I'm like, yeah, that's probably a nice, healthy attitude there for David Moyes to have, just to be like, we're just enjoying our football and doing well. Uh, the only FPL asset that's not really available for them is Ben Rama, obviously because of AFCON. Um, otherwise, Jared Bowen, he's the informed guy. I think... Um, where there haven't been tons of definite goals up front, people still rely quite heavily on Antonio. I've got the pair of them in my team at the moment. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm a Leeds fan, so obviously I want to see Leeds do well. But if you're a, an FPL manager who's got Jared Bowen or is considering bringing him in, Leeds don't seem to keep a lot of clean sheets. So, you know, you could be expecting some FPL points there. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right there. I expect a lot of people to uh, be transferring West Ham assets in for this week, uh, especially against that uh, Leeds. And I know Leeds fan, Gav, but um, I'm sure you're going to be backing those West Ham players for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bowen is the man to watch at the minute. As you can see, he's the, he's the leading man. He's doing it all. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't pick up a few more goals in this morning's match. Uh, again, the clean sheets is... There's some good defenders there. Obviously, Cresswell's back. Um, Diop. Uh, I think Zuma's out in the minute. He is, yeah. And obviously, Kafal, as you brought in as well. They're, they're looking really strong uh, in all areas of the pitch. So, definitely players in that team to bring in uh, moving forward. Yeah, and we're talking about a Leeds team that still doesn't have, uh, you know, Patrick Bamford yeah. missing no. missing crucial players all over the pitch. Not necessarily FPL assets, but it basically will affect them. You know, the spine of their team is not there. They don't have Calvin Phillips, etc. So they are bloody suffering. And I think West Ham could well uh, just add some misery to how... Do you have Rafinha in your team, Gab, still? I don't. I got rid of him a couple of weeks ago to do a few other bits and wasn't too upset about doing that, like, you know, he could well come back in later, maybe at a point where the fixtures look a bit better for Leeds and, you know, maybe around a wild card who, or, or that he's just, you know, becomes one of those players that you can't not have. But at the moment, I don't. I did have him pretty much for all the whole season until a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, not right now. Um, now, the next game is the uh, North London derby, Tottenham against yes. Arsenal. Um, Eric Diaz got, uh, Eric Dyer, sorry, he's got a knock 75% chance playing. A uh, big one that's very annoying, given that Tottenham are on a double game week. Son, out with a muscle injury, expected back 9th of Feb. That's really bloody yeah. annoying. Uh, Smith, row groin injury, 75% chance of playing. Um, that's pretty unfortunate for Arsenal. But um, what a name, uh, and we talked very briefly before we started recording, that, you know, Last season, if you'd have talked about a Tottenham double game week, there'd be one player outside of Son that everyone would be talking about, and uh, that's Harry Kane. I don't hear anyone talking about him now. And, and the unfortunate thing there is, that's not to say that he might, he could get a goal against Arsenal, a, goal, a couple of goals against Leicester and have a great game week, but I don't see that many people feeling too confident about sticking Kane in their team at the moment. I, I don't think so either. And you know what? Even if you did get a goal that game, I still can't see people transferring Kane in any time soon. Uh, it's just it's just been up in the air with uh, what's going on with him at not in a minute. No one seems to know. Um, he's not he's not playing in his best form. Uh, and obviously at the price he's at, everyone's skeptical about uh, about his performance, and I can't blame them really. Yeah. When there are, obviously we've got the options of Ronaldo this year. Um, he's the biggest competition that 
Kane's again. So I can't see Kane. Well, I feel, I feel I feel like what's happened a lot this season is where the big expensive guys up front haven't been delivering or delivering regularly people have just moved that money into their midfield and their defence it has been the year of the defender and obviously Salah's been very consistent but Kane I know when he came back from injury a bunch of people did bring him back in pretty quick Scott brought him in but then he just didn't really do anything he's got a goal here and there but yeah I don't know I think that the whole Tottenham thing the the new system with Tottenham, I don't think it's going to really kick in until next season, to be honest. So, um, still will be a very competitive game against Arsenal. Um, still, and, yeah, and look, there's people talking about Tottenham potentially finishing top four still under Conte. Could, could happen. Yeah, it could happen. Obviously, without Son, it's a huge blow for them. Um, you know, they, they lost against Chelsea yeah, in the cup earlier today as well. Yeah. Uh, higher. The, the, are they looking their strongest? I think, like you said, it's going to take Conte a bit of time to get that team back to where he wants it to be. I think he needs to bed them all in, have a couple of transfer windows so he's got what he needs. And then, yeah, I would. my my prediction right now is that I, I feel like under Conte, Tottenham can have a pretty good season next year. But And that's not to say, like, as you said, it could still quite easily finish top five, top four now, but it's not quite where it wants to be. And uh, Harry Kane is a big part of that. So just got to keep an eye on him and see when he when he actually starts to pick it up um next game Burnley versus Watford this is Burnley and Watford's second game of the game week now we've already talked about the fact that Amati's away in international break um oh sorry that was a more of a, a Leicester angle there there's nothing really to report more on the Burnley side of things uh on the Watford side of things uh it was just Dennis is on that knock and Foster's not around um don't really have too much to add on this one um no. Not too much to add to that one, uh, apart from obviously, you know, if on a Wednesday and then they've got a game again the following Saturday. So I think overall Watford, they've got three games in about six days. Uh, and they've not, you know, they've not got the biggest team. So there's a risk there of players picking up injuries. Uh, is there going to be any rotations? I'm not sure. Yeah, it really depends, especially up front, sort of how deep they can really go. Because you know, obviously, I'm hoping that Dennis actually plays. But if he's on a knock, will he play both games? I don't know. But that you'd also think that if he is fit and ready to play, Burnley's a game that you'd be expecting him and King to to grab a goal. Um, so yeah, from a very selfish point of view, that's exactly what I hope will happen. Uh, next one is Brighton at home to Chelsea uh, again second games of the game week for both those teams uh, Chelsea yeah no Mendy likely no Reese James um, Brighton yeah Basuma's away on international duty uh, you'd expect a Chelsea win from this one Chelsea have been funnier this season where at the start of the season they seemed as dominant as the likes of City and Liverpool Chelsea have been the team that every now and again have had a wobble and just drawn or narrowly lost the game. And uh, I've seen some people kind of quite facetiously suggest that this is this, uh, you know, a Tuchel thing that he eventually goes off a ball. I think it's probably a bit harsh. He seems like a pretty decent manager to me. Um, But, you know, Brighton will obviously be hoping that at home they can try and grab something from this game. I'm sure they'll be playing a bit of a counter-attack. But um, on paper, you've got to be favouring Chelsea. I think it goes without saying. Um, But yeah, you know, it depends, depends sort of, who, who's playing how much they need to kind of rest particular players or um, rotate on a double game week um, but yeah I guess, I guess we'll see yeah it's I, I think you know Brighton haven't been playing that badly lately um, I, I, I can see an upset happening for Chelsea here uh, 
given the fact that obviously uh, they are without those defenders and Brighton, you know, they are looking fairly strong still uh, for, for a team of their calibre. But, you know, my money's still on Chelsea uh, for that game. I, I expect I expect the Chelsea win. Yeah, I understand. Uh, now, penultimate game of the game week, Leicester versus Tottenham. Now, given sort of current form and strength and the fact that Son is out, that's actually quite an evenly tied game there. Um, Madison, as we've already discussed, is in hot form. There's no Vardy or Iheanacho or, or likely Dakar. So I'm not entirely sure how that team is going to, to line up as such, but they've still got enough attacking threat. And then they've got, you know, in centre midfield, you've got Tielemans still sort of managing pretty well. Um, so I, I feel like that one should be quite equal. Should be fairly equal. Uh, Leicester beat Watford earlier on in the week, four-one in the FA Cup. So, you know, even without those players, they're still they're still playing pretty well um, under Brendan Rodgers. But again, it is a, it is an equal fixture um, with but without Spur, uh, without Son and Spurs. That's the biggest blow. I I can't call that one, Gav. It's again. Really excited about that game. It's going to be a close one. Yeah. Um, my money's on my money's on Leicester for that match. All right, and then the final game of the game week is Brentford at home to Man United. And um, <laughs> given what how Man United have been going lately, and this is at Brentford, is this you know? I feel like we've been waiting all season for that game where you know uh, maybe Tony gets like four goals against someone or something like we he's one of those players and we've talked about it before but you know when you watch him play you see him do things you're like yeah this guy's incredible and he he deserves to be in this league and he's a really talented player but it's not always turning into uh fpl points um so we'll we'll see but it would be quite amusing as someone who hasn't really got any skin in the game in this fixture as a you know as an impartial yeah, I mean, impartial fan to, to watch Brentford turn over Man United would be quite amusing I'd say I mean it can happen um, Man United I mean I've got the hair in my team so I'm hoping for a clean fit there but I just say Brentford Tony Tony on paper um, he, obviously he did really well in the championship last year I think he's still adjusting to the dynamics of the Premier League I think so um, you, you look at the stats this season you might think okay he's not uh, the strongest striker but you know as you said when you watched him the way he moves the way he plays he looks you can tell he's, he's, he's a strong player and he's got a lot to learn I think he can really become a really strong striker for Brentford um, you know there's still second half of the season to go I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know if he does bag a few more goals, uh, even in that Man United game, as we know that they're not they're in shaky form. I like to see him get a goal. Obviously, Embuemo got a hat trick the other day after coming on the pitch. Perhaps he's picking himself up as well. Uh, yeah, and another great player. But it's it's funny actually. Like I digress slightly, but you know Newcastle going after someone like Chris Wood, and they say, oh, you know, he's proven its level. He doesn't get a lot of goals, but then people will tell you, oh, he always gets double figures. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'd if I was Newcastle, I'd be more tempted to go after Tony, to be honest. You know, get him playing in a bigger team with better kind of supply. But anyway, that's that's for them to figure out. But it's funny you mentioned De Gea as well, because, you know, talking about, well, what Man United asset would you select for the double game week? De Gea is probably the only one I would look at, to be honest. You know, if that, if you already had him like you do, or it was something that you could fit into your budget, um, 
Yeah, it's good I think the other as well, and then a lot, a lot of people are replacing uh, Salah, uh, and I think obviously Bruno Fernandes is an option as well. Yeah, I just like Bruno Fernandes. We know what you can do on his day, but in in poor form but that's mainly because Man United themselves were in poor form and it just feels like a risk at that price point at the moment which is again like a really weird thing to say because last season uh, it was all about Bruno Fernandes he was a dead dead set wasn't he um, but there we go we got through it all 14 games for game week 22 um, so we'll take a quick breath now because that was quite a slog and um, we'll come back and then we'll talk a bit about what you and I are going to do for game week 22 Boys. Okay, it's finally here, game week twenty-two. Um, we've talked it to death, so I'll get straight to I'll get straight to the point. So I am saying I'm going to bring in Madison and Jota, and I'm going to get rid of Son and Salah. I'm one of those schmucks who still actually had Salah in my team, which is fine because he did score some points at the weekend. But I know there were a bunch of people who got rid of him like one to two weeks ago. He's still there. So I knew I had to get rid of him this week. Didn't want to get rid of Son, but he's injured. And between them, that's a lot of money. Uh, I think when I got them both out of my team, it gave me a transfer kitty on two players of about 25 million because I already had two in the bank. Um, and bringing in Madison and Jota still leaves loads of money on the bench, which is good because it means I can be flexible next week or the week after. Um, Madison, bringing him in for form and the fact he's got a double game week. Jota, I just feel like uh, I've kind of any more fancy assets if you like or premium-ish assets uh, I think Jota will do the business for Liverpool in that game against Brentford so it will also look like I'll be going for a 3-5-2 and I think I'm pretty set on it at the moment I think I'm actually going to put the armband on Madison and just uh, I get a little bit caught in I like the glitz of the uh, potential of sticking the armband on a double game week player Um so I know it doesn't always pay off like that. Like for instance, in one game, Jota could get 12 points and Madison might get eight points over two, but you've got to be in it to win it. Right. So that's my, that's my little risky bit this week. It might backfire, um, but that's what I'm going to do. How about you? Yeah. I mean, like you, um, I brought in Madison this week. Uh, I brought him on earlier in the week. Uh, he's looking like the equivalent of Jared Bowen for West Ham, I would say, uh, especially playing that more forward role without uh, Vardy in the squad at the minute. And obviously Ian Atcho is away uh, on international leave. Uh, so I brought in Madison earlier on, and it's been a long game week, and we've all been thinking about FPL and what we're going to do. And obviously when, when Son got injured, uh, a lot of us uh, <laughs> had to either take a hit there or, or take him out because I think a lot of people brought him in early and then took him out. I mean, I, I had to take it here and I ended up bringing in Mason Mount. So Mason Mount as well, double game week against Man City and Brighton. I'm not feeling entirely confident about him in my team, but you've got to take a few risks as well in order to uh, win this game, as we know, Gav. So I brought those two in. Yeah. Like yourself, I took out Salah for, uh, for Madison. I did fairly early on, maybe not early enough. I think the big question on a lot of people's mind was, is it justifiable to hold on to Salah? Um, and it's, it's a funny question that, I mean, he should be straight back in a few weeks. You know, Salah playing for Egypt is equivalent to him playing for, for, for Norwich. You know, Egypt's not the great, the great team, but, you know, if you look at AFCON, they're probably one of the best teams. Yeah, they'll be So I, I can see him back, yeah, maybe 24, week 25. Um, so he's probably good to take out and if you want to bring in anyone else if you've got Salah in your squad you, you can have fun for that so 
I brought those two in. I was considering a free hit this week, Gav, but I just don't think it's worth it. No, me neither. Even on those, even on a lot of those double fixtures, they're just not nice enough. You know, sometimes you get one where it's suddenly Liverpool against Burnley and then Newcastle, and you're like, done. I'm tripling up. It's not, it's not enticing enough this week. What are you doing with your armbands? So armband is it's a tough one. I'm toying between uh, Josh King and obviously Madison. Okay. Um, I keep flicking between the two at the minute. I haven't quite made my mind up. It's probably going to be a last minute choice there, but uh, uh, I'm leaning towards King at the minute. Josh King, yeah, nice shout. That'd be pretty cool if that yeah. pays off for you. I, I hope so. <laughs> I think he's due a he's due a big big week. Yeah, he does um, seem to pop up every now and again and just have an absolute blinder, doesn't he? Um, that's right. Particularly against his own. But club. yeah, I'm not I'm not free hitting this week, and I think we learned from last week. Anyone that did free hit, uh, it, it's just it's too it's too risky at the minute. It's horrible, isn't it? The wheels can just fall yeah. off at a moment's notice. Um, all right, yeah. well that's good, and I, I hope you do go for the Josh King captaincy. Like, obviously, I've got you know, there's nothing in it for me, but it's always exciting watching someone else take a a bit of a roll of the dice. So I hope you do do that, mate. Um, All right, well, we'll take our final break. And then when we come back, um, we have four mailbag questions to answer. Mailbag time. Okay, so as always, we finish up with a mailbag. Uh, This week, we've got four questions from two friends of the show, FPL Canada and FPL Teacher. Um, We'll start with the light-hearted one. Uh, is for us, maybe less so for FPL Canada by the sounds of things. He says, what's the best alcoholic recovery drink for a pathetic game week total? Well, first of all, commiserations. Um, you know, try not to be too smug, but you and I, Nick, we did pretty well. Uh, apparently not everyone did. Um, I'll say something uplifting like uh, a nice refreshing cider so you've got enough energy to come back stronger this week. How inspirational, motivational is that? What do you reckon? Uh, it's a good question uh, I think for me if you've had a bad week you're going to need something a bit stronger than that um, I'd maybe go for maybe a fireball oh there we go you go yeah, there you go you've got two answers there at different uh, end, ends of the uh, polars uh, the, the poles um, alright we'll leave that there uh, FPL teacher he says and he's all, he always comes good our friend in Malaysia with these uh, deep questions he says do you feel there are any undervalued assets for the double game week 22 worth a hit for he gives us a little caveat as well a little bit of a, a little tip he says it doesn't have to be player specific Brighton attack or Watford defence is a valid answer thanks mate um so I had a little think about this and we've obviously talked earlier in the show about you know not really yeah. feeling too confident about picking Man United assets and how some people's double games aren't that great. Um, so the ones for me are very much Madison and Lookman of Leicester um, to the point where I was actually half tempted to double up and bring Lookman in. But then, as I told you before we start recording, you know, get a little bit nervous because, you know, if a Leicester game gets called off again, um, that's an absolute waste. Uh, another one, which is maybe a little less obvious, is uh, McAllister of Brighton. Uh, you mentioned Malpay earlier as well. Um, but for me, yeah, Brighton and Leicester uh, are probably the, where I'd look more so. Um yeah, I mean, I'm, I think that's about as yeah. deep as I'd go, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's a tough one, um, obviously, because uh, it is it it changes so often. I think, like say, my pay for Brighton, um, he's been pretty consistent and he's, he's pretty cheap. I think I would 
look, look, look at Brighton for sure. Um, and obviously West Ham as well. Uh, they, they look in great form. So if you haven't got a West Ham player in your team. Yeah, I, I suppose the only difference for though for you know West Ham is that they're one of the only teams or one of them, they're not on a double game week. So, I mean, West Ham, <laughs> no, has, West Ham are, are definitely a good shout because the likes of, you know, Bowen, they're in great form. Um, but if there are people out there who are thinking, well, how can I maximise? We all, obviously, we all think of it that way, don't we? How, what, how can I make the most of a double game week? This isn't the sexiest yeah. double game week we've ever had by a stretch. Um, and that's why I can't really, I don't really want to recommend anyone deeper than Madison Lookman and perhaps McAllister or Brighton. Um, yeah. Once you get beyond that, then it starts getting so speculative that the probability of it paying off then you get into that area that I talked about earlier in the show which is very much around oh you could take someone even lesser from Brighton but over two games they might get you five points whereas one decent player from West Ham or Liverpool might get you nine points from one game so you know that's the, that's the kind of that's the kind of approach I take to that and I think as well in an answer to that for FBL teacher perhaps uh, Joshua King or uh or Dennis, if you don't have them in your team. Yeah. They've got a double game week as well. I think they're going to be a good option for this week. But I think it's also important to consider just because a player's got a double game week doesn't mean, you know, they're going to outscore a player who's got a single game week. You know, like I say, like you said, look at Bowen. Yeah. Uh, I would be putting a, a double uh, fixture over him for sure. So I think people need to be careful not to get sucked into that, especially looking at those fixtures. Yeah, I agree. And as a, as a bit of a segue, FPL Canada, for his uh, non-alcohol related question, uh, kind of touches on this slightly as well. He asked more specifically, though, uh, is Burnley's Loughton worth a punt on the double game week? And for me, I wouldn't do it, but I, I made myself a little note here to say it really depends how confident that you are that Burnley are going to get clean sheets in either or both of their games. So Burnley have got Watford... Uh, and they've got Leicester and it's how you know because really Loughton doesn't often get assists and goals so a lot of his points are coming from clean sheets um, how confident mm. are you that he's going to get a clean sheet against Leicester and a clean sheet against Watford because that might fall into the trap that you and I have both just mentioned there the whole idea of yeah. oh just because you've got a double game week well you might end up turning that into a total of four points um, so that's the caveat I'd add to that one how confident are you that he will pick up those points. Personally, I'm not that confident in it. Uh, uh, you know, if you if you're looking for another budget pick, if it's you know maybe you're going to pay four or five at the back and you you want to do something like that and you've got the transfer to do it, uh, I wouldn't take a hit on doing it. But then fair enough. Um, or if Lauten's already in your team, I guess that's well, it's a moot point at that. But um, yeah, I wouldn't do it. Um, but good luck to you if yeah. you do decide to do it. Yeah, and I can see why you would lean towards uh, Lauten because he you know he has been a good player for Burnley this season but when you look at the overall team um, and how well they've been performing and have they been getting clean sheets and I just I just wouldn't take that risk personally Not right. I think there's Not much right better options at the back uh, for that game week I agree uh, and then the the final lesson and this is a bit of a Jerry Springer final thought situation the FPL teacher his second question what's the lesson learnt for managers who captained Antonio over Bowen last week uh, I just made note here to say that, that that is easily done I think everybody who had both those players 
would have spent at least a minute considering which to do. Uh, personally, for me, I just like the look of Bowen's form over Antonio. I could see, like I said earlier in the show, I'd watched Bowen for about a month or so before I even brought him into my team. And then I, I feel like I struck at the right point. Um, Antonio had been a bit patchy and Bowen was just looking like nothing could stop him. And surprise, surprise, he brought that into the last game week against Norwich. Um, so that's literally why I chose him because I've had both of my team anyway, but I preferred Bowen's form and I just felt personally a little more confident that Bowen would end up with more points than Antonio over both games you know it might not have always you know do that over 100 times it might not have worked out that way but it paid off this time so if you did do that I wouldn't beat yourself up over having done Antonio over Bowen it's quite common to go for the striker over the midfielder unless you're talking about someone like Salah uh, you know because goals do equal a lot of points Um, but yeah without trying to teach my grandmother to suck eggs I would just say to people if you if you don't already do this just make sure you do jump on the FPL website we've talked about this before and look at the stats look at the detailed stats of players break it down by club or position and just actually see sort of what people are doing because we often talk about the difference between form over fixture but that golden point is form and fixture so if you've got a, a team or a player who's in hot form and he's got a decent fixture you know, West Ham against Norwich, Bowen's in hot form. It kind of, I don't want to say no-brainer because, you know, it was there was still some merit in putting the armband on Antonio. But on balance for me, using the information available to me, it was Bowen all the way. And, I mean, you did the same, right? I did the same, yeah. I mean, I didn't have Antonio in my squad, so it was an easy choice for me. Um, but even if I did... You know, high science is a funny thing, but I, I would have gone Bowen. I mean, you and I, Gab, we, we spoke about Bowen, and I think, I think about a month ago now, we were saying, you know, we were looking at his form, and he was performing better than Antonio. Obviously, Antonio had a great start to the season, and then he drops off a bit. Bowen's just had that consistency. And, yeah, it's easy to look at stats and say, you know, this, that, the other. But if, if you actually watch Bowen and see how he's performed week in, week out, you know, assists, you know, hitting the post, shots yeah. on target. That's, that's, such a, just, that's, that's a really good point as well. And it's something yeah. we have talked on the show about in the past is um, stats is one thing. The eye test is important in FPL because sometimes you get to watch a guy. If you just looked at stats, you never watched the games, even if it was a highlight, you might miss that there's a guy who's, you know, hitting the post and coming close over and over and over, but then you just see him get two points in FPL and then sooner or later he's going to start scoring or he's going to start setting players up. The same as, you know, that's why I don't necessarily blame people who've had a lot of faith in Tony at Brentford because, as we've discussed, you watch him, yeah. and he's really bloody good. We, we know he's a good player. Yeah. Uh, and you know he's not probably reached, reached his full potential yet. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, like I said, you know, I, I, it's, it's exactly the same in this situation here. And I wouldn't beat yourself up, up about picking Antonio over Bowen. It, is a, it was a 50-50 choice for a lot of people. Um, and a lot of people would have picked Antonio this week for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and it, even if you, I mean, you know, it's hard not to kind of look at the fact that Bowen picked up people, you know, 42 points if you captained him. But that said, you wouldn't, the fact that you'd have turned Antonio's nine points into, you know, 18, that's, that's, not, yeah. that's not bad. That's not bad. It's yeah, just, I mean, it's, it's just, just easy for us to say, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> anyone in that position, I know, I know it's sickening. <laughs> yeah, I, I, in fact, we should probably stop talking about it because I think we're making it worse. But yeah, don't beat yourself up about that. But uh, mixture of the eye test and looking at the data uh, and just try and make the best possible decisions you can. On another week, it could have been the other way around. Like, in fairness, Antonio did come pretty close a couple of times against Norwich and he did do better in the first game 
game than Bowen did. But on balance, that's the way yeah. the chips landed. And, and, and Moyes said Bowen didn't have a strong first half to that game. Um, that's but FPL, he turned it around. That's FPL for you. That's football. Um, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's show. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. Um, I really enjoyed having you on in Nick getting your perspective we yeah, talk a lot for having me, yeah, we talk uh, we talk a lot about FPL outside of the show so it's nice to actually finally get you in front of a mic and uh, have you contribute to Bench Boost Boys um now, just as another reminder, if you want to send us your own mailbag questions, uh, Twitter's the best place to do that. We are at Bench Boost Boys. Uh, the website's benchboostboys.club. Uh, you can find lots of information about us on there. Um, don't forget to join the mini league, Q8ZM2S. And uh, I guess all we've really got to say is uh, get well soon to Scott. I uh, hope everybody has a pretty good game week 22 i hope you have a good one as well nick hope scott has a terrible one and hope ben has a pretty hope ben has a pretty poor one too and i hope mine's amazing um and we'll catch you next week see ya